Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher. Because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Our guest this week is Jessica Gomes. Now, she's one of Australia's most successful models and currently she's the ambassador for David Jones. She grew up in Perth. She's got a Portuguese dad and she has a Singaporean Chinese mother. And Jessica was told a whole heap of times that she's never going to make it in Australia due to her looks, I guess, being that she is part Asian, part European. But as well as being successful in modelling, she's now graced the Hollywood screens and in 2017, inspired by her jet-setter lifestyle, launched a luxury travel skincare brand called Equal Beauty. And I'm really interested to know why it's called Equal Beauty. I want to ask Jessica about her upbringing and the characteristics that she got from that upbringing, how she survived, you know, it's a pretty tough business in the business of modelling, and how she's developed her own personal brand. What's her story? and about how learning to network and reinvent herself as a model has helped her throughout all those tough years of pitching yourself to be on the front of Sports Illustrated, whatever it is, to becoming a business person in her own right and launching her new skincare product beauty line. It's a long, long road, and that's what I want to talk about. So let's get into it. Jessica Gomes, welcome to The Mentor. Hi. How are you going? All right. Good, thanks. Thanks That's for having good. me. Well, like, uh, I, I'll talk about your business a little bit later. What, what fascinates me is somebody who's been in the business of modeling. I'm not saying someone who's been a model, mm. you were a model, but you've been in the business of modeling. And what that does, it gives you a great deal of experiences. But I want to take you right back to when, where you live in Perth or something? Yeah, so I, I was born in Sydney, but I yep. moved to Perth when I was a baby, and I grew up in Perth, in WA, in the hills, in Greenmount Hill. Yeah, God's country, Perth. Yes. Oh, I lived there for many years. I, I love yeah, the place. Yeah, I, I love Perth. I actually came from there last night. So I'm I've not sure if Perth. I want to live there, but I yeah. grew up, I, 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 growing up there would have been a good experience, a good good place to raise kids, but I, I did live there for a few years, and uh, but Sydney's sort of where it's at, to be honest, in business. Yeah, totally, 100%. But you get good values out of Perth. So I want to. What's your background? First, what are your parents? So my parents, um, my parents are immigrants. So my father is Portuguese. He immigrated to Australia in the seventies, and my mum is Chinese. She was born in Hong Kong and grew up in Singapore, and she moved to Australia in the seventies too. And that's they met where? They, they met in Sydney. Wow. So my mum worked at Katie's. I don't know if you remember Katie's no, I do Boutique. Remember it. Yep. Yep. So she was a sales assistant there and she worked with a lot of other French women and she was introduced to my father through them because my father actually left Portugal when he was about well when he was in primary school and he worked in Paris. So my father speaks fluent French and pretty much grew up half of his life in in Paris. And what did your dad do? He is a builder. So a builder. he was a brickie. Yeah, yeah. You know, for many years he's retired now. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to say to you, um, Portuguese are the best tilers in the world. Um, but they're the best bricklayers. The, the, My dad's built all of our homes. They can do they can do anything when it comes to hard surfaces yes. and, and bricks, tiles, yes. concrete. Because yes. I remember when I was in the building industry, we used to only use Portuguese tilers because yeah, th- their the creativity was unbelievable oh. and their skills and workmanship. Yes. I didn't want to say because I didn't want to offend anybody. No, no, but- no, that's okay. My father is an artist. I think that bricklaying is a very, um, 
it's a hard job, but it does take a lot of um, creativity. Totally. And precision. I used to watch my dad, you know, lay bricks when he was building our house in Perth. And um, I just remember him, you know, putting the mud on thing and, you know, like it was, it was a real craft. Yeah, yeah. So um, and actually a friend of mine played a bricklayer in a movie and he said, oh my gosh, I totally like value bricklayers because it is an art form. It's, it, you know, it's an art form. I used to yeah. watch the tilers we had and uh, we have a guy called Noah and his dad and uh, they were like artists and they would actually tell us the how to, how to style the bathrooms and all the, mm. the parts of the, the building that we were actually getting tiled. That absolutely ours. Anyway, moving on. Yes. <laughs> we, but so my, and then my mum, so they met in Sydney mm-hmm. um, at a French Rotary Club, at a dance kind of thing, and they fell in love. And then they had four kids. I'm the youngest of four. And then we moved to Perth when I was a baby. We literally sold, my dad built a house in Warunga, sold that, decided to go to Perth because he was like, Perth is great. It's beautiful. I think he had a friend there. And we moved to Perth. It's good for raising kids, Perth. Great place. Yeah, it place. is. It is beautiful. And what? And then, I mean, I, I don't know. Did you, you went to school, and what happened? Did you, did you at some stage, someone say, "Listen, uh, Jessica, you should become a model." How did it all work? Because that does happen. So, yeah, it does. So for me, it happened quite early on. I was ten years old. I was in a new school in Perth. Uh, so we, I grew up in a city, in Perth. Like when we moved to Perth, I grew up in a city, and then we moved to the hills, which is a very different area. Yeah. And I went to a new school there and I was having a really hard time. Hated school. I was teased. I just didn't like it. I wasn't really fitting in. And so my mom put me into grooming and deportment classes. And that's kind of how I started modeling. So I was working at 10 years old. I was doing TV commercials. Um, I was doing fashion parades in Perth and earning money at 10. And um, and that's kind of how it all sort of snowballed. So from it became there. like a momentum thing. Yeah, and then and then when I graduated from high school, I was like, what what am I going to do? And then I I um, entered a modelling competition, and then Vivian's took me on board. And then I was sort of that's when I did my first trip overseas to Singapore at seventeen, and I started doing international work. And I was like, is okay. it Vivian's here in Sydney? Yes, but yeah. now I'm with IMG worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's how I started, and that's how I started travelling. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to get out of Perth and I'm going to do this as a career. Tell me about the world of modelling. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's cutthroat. I hundred percent because I was I was once married. My second wife was a model, and oh, she right. she worked in Japan for many years. And, yes, uh, she was a Clairol girl there. And uh, yep. I don't know if they still got Clairol, but anyway. Um, yep, I know Clairol. I've I've and it was for a tough business. It is tough. Uh, she was with Vivian's. Yes, and um, I I remember the stories that she used to tell me about. How competitive it was in there! Girls would be moving each other's uh, photographs from around the place and pulling oh, them wow. down. It was full on. And uh, yeah. is it how is it as ruthless as everybody says and as cutthroat as everybody says? And what and what did you learn from it? What did you get out of it apart from a quid? It is cutthroat. It is highly competitive. I started out in Asia, so I understand those experiences in Japan because I worked in Korea, Singapore, Hong Kong. Tokyo. And Asia's a different ball game. I think um, for me, when I first went over there, it was quite tough. It was quite lonely. I find- Yeah, because you've got to live, you've got to move out of home for a start. Totally. So at 17, I'm like on a plane to Singapore by myself for a month working. And so that was pretty scary because I was so used to just working in Perth and everyone was so nice and it was so great. But Singapore was- the first time where I actually had somebody say, you need to lose weight. And I think that as a 17-year-old, that was really hard. So that's when I started to think about the way that I looked. And I think that's the hardest thing. I think the hardest thing with modelling is to just try and keep a healthy mindset of your body, I think. But it is very competitive. It is cutthroat. You have to hustle. You've got to grind. You, you, you know, you pound the pavement. You know, they literally give you like 10 meetings for one day and they're like, here's a map, go around, you know, catch public transport. It is is, where where you're pitching yourself when you say 10 meetings. you're knocking on doors and you're going, hi, this is me, this is my book, this is the work that I've done. Yeah, yeah. They look at you, they take a photo, they don't really say much and then you leave. So it's it's weird. It's a weird existence. But it also is amazing because I've been able to travel and create and, and make it a business and um, take these opportunities and 
run with it. But it wasn't always easy for me. So when you, like, I mean, I, I want to just look at this when you, you're pitching because, I mean, effectively you're pitching your portfolio or whatever that thing's called, mm-hmm. the book of all the stuff you've done and, you know, there's just a whole lot of photographs and probably something about experience and there's probably something in there about other jobs you've done and you've got to go and pitch this stuff um, and you get knocked back. Yes. You get a lot of knockbacks. There's a lot of rejection. So what happens? I mean, what, what do you think that does to you? What does that do for you? What, or what, in your case, I mean, some of them go to water. What did it do for Jessica Gomes when she got knocked back? What experience did you get from that? At first it was actually pretty hard to take because I couldn't help but take it personal because obviously they're judging me on the way that I look. And you're it's a not, kid anyway. It's not, and I'm a kid and it's not really about my voice. And at 17, did I have a voice? I don't think so. I, I was still trying to figure out who I was just as a human being. So I think I didn't realise on a spiritual level, it probably had a lot of, um, you know, weight. Um, But I did struggle a lot with that. So what did you do? Like, let's say you went and did 10 pitches for the day. I remember when somebody told me to lose weight, the first thing I did was like, fuck you and I'm going to go eat McDonald's. Like, that's what was my, that was my rebellion, I guess, and the way that I reacted to that. I didn't go, I'm going to go starve myself. I was like, fuck you. Yeah, but I'm going to go okay, eat McDonald's. What do you think from that? What do you think from and that? And I was like, why am I like that? Like, I was just that person. Like, I was quite, I was quite, um, I was quite, like, rebellious, I think, when I look back Does as that mean a 17-year-old. I was you... a bit kind of like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I was defensive about it. I was like, I don't, you know. How would you deal with it today? How, how would a, a, a Jessica today f- say, talk to the young 17-year-old Jessica? What would you say to her? It's such a different industry now. It's such a different industry now. It's all about diversity. It's amazing. It's all about embracing who you are. It's changed so much since when I started. I don't think any agent right now can say to a model, you need to lose weight. I just don't think oh, they're really? allowed to say that anymore. I don't think so. Did you have an advantage? Were you considered exotic because you had um, Asian and Portuguese? Yes, yeah. and it worked really well for me in Asia. And then when I went to New York, it was a whole different ball game. Why? Because in New York, I was like exotic, this like, you know, when I started modelling in New York, it was all about the androgynous look, very thin, tall, blonde, ethereal looking, and I was kind of coming in as this half Chinese, half Portuguese, Australian curvaceous like everyone used to be like you're so sexy and you know oh you're so healthy looking and like you know those kind of comments and and you couldn't play the Australian I couldn't do the high fashion thing and then I was kind of commercial and in between and then um but then I booked Sports Illustrated which changed my career and changed my life and I did that for eight years which means what which means that you become a household name in America and that's when you start to create a following. You mean you be, you get but on the is, Sports Illustrated? You get on yes. the front cover in the, or in the magazine? How does In the work? magazine, yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually I remember I was in New York and um, I went to go see a brand, I think it was, and they were like, oh, God, you're like boobs are too big and uh, whatever, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I can't win. Like everything's just, I mean, that's crazy for me to say like that they said that, but. It's like weird. How'd you get the Sports Illustrated gig? I mean, what did Through you do? Through IMG, get- they I went for the the casting, Your and I, I went. Uh, yeah, I met the editor, and and they're all about personalities. Though they're all about so you know, tell me a bit a bit about you. Which when you walk into castings, usually it's not like that, and that's what I loved about Sports Illustrated because they're all about creating personalities and embracing women for you know what they have to say, and you have to be bubbly, you have to be energetic. You know, so, and they, they have started a lot of people's careers like Elle McPherson and Heidi Klum and things. So that was a huge deal for me to, to book that. And I remember my agent calling me and being like, don't worry, you just booked Sports Illustrated. And I was like, yes. So that was kind of the sort of turning point where I was like, okay, I found my place in the industry now. I guess I'm the swimsuit girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But right? and, so. And then, so after you've done Sports Illustrated, how old are you then? I'm 22. 22. So I moved to New York when I was 19 and like hit the pavement, was like hustling. And then, um, well, and when I was you do still that, working. Well, just take me back a little bit, Jessica. When you get 19, where, where do you live when you moved? I mean, who says to you, does someone say, look, I you had, go and find an apartment for yourself or what do you do? Yeah, because my parents didn't help me. Like no, it's not, totally, you know, yeah. I just was sent off. Um, so I was really lucky. I had two other girls from Perth that were living there at the time and doing really well. So I lived with them first. You know, I went there for three months. I remember my first trip and I remember I saved up 50 grand from my work that I did in Asia 
which was, you know, you needed a lot of money back then to move to New York because it was super expensive. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to work my butt off in Asia and save and then I'm going to go to New York to make it happen for myself. So that was part of your plan? Yes. So it like I got I got scouted by IMG. They were like, yes, you should come over. But it's not as if I went to New York because I already had a job. I was making the opportunity so for punting. myself to go. You're punting. Yes. Yeah. So you're having a crack. I was like, I can. I'm yeah. I'm having a crack, and yeah. I think I can do this. And because I'm, I guess what I'm and getting. And also, to- and also, I was inspired by my other mates too, like my friends that I grew up in Perth that I modelled with. They were over there working, and I was that like, helps. yeah. Yeah, I want to be a part of the crew too, and I think I can do this. And because when I, I, I guess what I'm getting to for our listeners anyway, because you know they they're all they this all comes back to you know how do you what are the characteristics or what are the traits that you get out of your younger life that helped you in business, and one of the really important ones is resilience. And for me, getting knocked back all the time, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, you can be opening up a shop down the road trying to sell lemon juice. Yeah, if you continually get knocked back, you build up a certain strength. And do you think that modelling world, that modelling life? built your resilience such that it carries into your business today? Yes. Is that one of the big things you got out of being a model? I mean, like, what else did yeah, you get it, out of it, being a model? It, it, I, listen, I'm, I'm a gangster now. Like, I'm just like, I'm a hustler. Like, I, I just feel like modelling has made me, un, yes, be resilient, but also it's made me learn how to reinvent myself well, what's the and how to survive. But what's the difference between someone like you and other girls who, and boys, I guess, too, who go into the modelling world where the modelling world breaks them. Why were you not broken? You know. Well, there were points where I was broken. And then what happened? I fixed myself. How? How? Well, you just what is it you you pick on? up the pieces and you go, you know what? I can do this. It's that whole, like, phoenix raising from the Was it the fuck thing. you attitude that you had, that, that rebellious thing? Does that, is that what, did you call on I that? I guess so, yes. I think I'm tough, like... I do like that sense of going, I can prove myself and you watch me. Right. So, so, and, and where does that come from? Is that okay, mum and dad? So maybe it is because I grew up in a household where my, both my parents really worked hard. You know, my father was a bricklayer. My mum was a carer for the elderly, a nurse. And I saw my parents work really hard to look after, you know, the family and I think it comes from being, a, you know, a part of a minority. And I think it comes from being bullied at school and being like, no, I'm, I'm different. Like I've got something and to say. I've got something to show. I've got, you know, I also, the thing that drove me through was I really want to pave the way for other, you know, Asian girls or ethnic Girl, you know, women and men or whatever. And, and that's also how Equal Beauty was birthed as well because it was kind of a part of my, my story. Because we're going to come to that. But yes, uh, but, uh, I, but I think that that, that that drive and that self-belief. You're pretty fucking full on though. Yeah. You are. Yeah, I'm full on. No, you're Am full I? on. No, you are. But that's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's good. Like it's full good on. Like, <laughs> you're just full on. You're like, you got momentum. You're just driving and pushing and driving and pushing. Like, uh, But I think that that's fun. No, no, it's good. Like no, no a drama. lot of my, um, a lot of the people that I looked up to growing up were people like, you know, Diddy, Jay-Z. Like I listened to a lot of hip hop growing up, rap. I don't know if that, that comes into play too. Like I also didn't grow up with. Were you like, always like this though? Were you like full on as a kid? Were you were the kid in the house and everyone said, like, "Okay, just get, well, just go I, and sit down." Yeah, like I was. That? I'm the youngest of four, so I was always trying to like okay. compete with my you know older sisters and listen to me. Like people need to listen to me. I'm not just the baby. You know what I mean? Like maybe I've always sort of wanted to prove something. I don't know. I don't know where this energy comes from. Well, it doesn't matter where it comes from, but it's the difference between. Um, getting a smack in the mouth and going into your shell and never coming out and or going into your shell a little bit and fighting back and actually building up some resilience and yeah. actually coming back. So yeah. well, that's because like every time you get turned down, that's... And I have seen people get broken you. by but the totally. industry and I've seen a lot of my peers go through a lot and I have. And, and to be honest with you, I also think... And it's unfair. Yeah, but I also think too that one thing that I really appreciate is my family has always kept it really real with me. Mm. You know, I've got really good parents that have been super real with me and always just kept me 
humble and down to earth and just keep it real. Can I just ask a quick question because I want to get, well, I've got to go to a break, but I want to ask a quick question and just your opinion on this. That's a really important point you just made. Parents, the support they gave you was keeping it real as opposed to, oh, don't worry, Jessica, it's okay. No. Come here. I'll give you a hug, no. you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, to no. me, it's about being supportive, but at the same time, it's not about chasing down the hole that they're going down. I, I think you should actually say, come on, you've got to come back out of this. You've got to give yeah. them some my parents, wings. Yeah, my parents never said to me, oh, my God, you're going to be a supermodel. Never. It was never that type of talk. And did they ever feel sorry for you or did they ever sort of say, come on, get up off your, off your butt. You've got, to, you've got to fight back now. It's time to get back on your horse no, and ride it again. My mum used to – my mum's Chinese. She's very fiery and um, a very strong woman. You know, so she would say, you know, there's no such thing as easy money. This is the industry. That's the industry that you're in. Unfortunately, that's the way it is, but that's the game that you've got to play. Very practical. Very practical. Morning, Matt. Uh, What business you got to showcase this week, mate? Good morning, Mark. I've got a magic studio this week. I love magic. Tell me about that. It's been going over 25 years. This isn't the first owner. Um, but look, it's a great little business. It's not, it's not massive, but it's a great starting point for somebody. You have to be a magician, I guess, to run it, though. Certainly something with uh, – he's got to be an interest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what are we talking about in terms of money? I mean, do these things worth something or – Oh, it is it is a passion, I, I think, more than anything. Uh, and I think, you know, investment around the 100000 right, uh, so, will get you in. Yeah, so a hundred grand's worth of uh, money into the thing. I mean, I guess they, how does he, do they have customers? How does it all work? Fifty percent, roughly online and and uh, over the phone. Okay, so, so maybe you're right. It's probably a good online business. That that makes sense to me. And you've got to have somewhere to stop in. So uh, every day. Well, mate, good luck with that one. That's a uh, that's a really out there one. I've never ever heard of us uh, putting up a magic business for sale, but. When I think about it, kids love magic and uh, there's lots of people still live in that sort of magic environment. So uh, good luck with that one, mate. Thanks, Mark. And if you're trying to buy a business, go to allsales.biz. And if you want to sell your business, go and talk to allsales.biz. Thanks, Matt. Okay, we're back from the break. I'm here with Jessica Gomes. I'm talking to her about, we were talking about her, how she grew up as a model and the sort of things that she learned from being in the modeling industry. I just want to, are you still doing modeling? Yes. Yeah, okay. Still my... Full-time job. So that's that's your that's your pay, yeah. right? Like, did you get money It's still money what I do, and yeah. I still love it. Yeah. So here in Australia, where, where are you doing it? Um, so I'm based in LA, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I work pretty much mostly in Australia and the US and right. Asia. And what's your big gig now? David Jones. David so Jones. I'm so I'm the David Jones ambassador, so I've right. been with David Jones now for seven years. And what's your side hustle? Can I want to talk about the side hustle? My side hustle is my skincare brand, Eagle right. Beauty, okay. which I launched three years ago with David Jones. Can I say to you this straight up? Um, what do you say to me, someone like me, who might be a bit cynical? Okay, you've been a model, you've got a skincare range. That's uh, sort of fairly standard. I mean, totally. What, you tell me about what's different with what you're doing what, what, and why did you do it? And what do you know about skincare that maybe, you know, your followers, you, you've got a big following. What is it you can parlay back to your following that you've learnt mm. that, and that, that is being expressed in your skincare brand? Tell me, what is it? I mean, is it, I mean... Do I, I need skincare? Like you, should, and it's for men. It's, it's unisex. For men yep, yeah, it's yeah. fragrance-free. So I had spent a lot of time in Korea, in South Korea working. Right, right, as a model. As a model. Yep. So I had my own TV show there. Oh, really? Yeah, a reality TV show. Um, I did, what sort of reality TV it was show? Called, um, my name is Jessica Gomes. Yeah. Um, and I would they would just follow me around everywhere. And I did a huge LG phone commercial there and yep. I sort of – Korea was actually sort of where I first experienced like mega sort of stardom. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, sort of that was the first time where I really felt like, oh, wow, this is really happening. And so I worked there for a very long time before I booked David Jones. And um, I had learned a lot about Korean beauty because I would work with makeup artists. So what does artists. that mean, Korean beauty? So Korean beauty, beauty they have like the best technology, the best ingredients. They've definitely got the best technology over there. Face they, masks, awesome. eye masks, you know, serums. They do like an 11-step program. Like it's a whole thing. And so I was always passionate about skincare and I always loved it. And I always wanted to start my own brand. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I remember, you know, I worked with, you know, Kimora Lee Simmons and J-Lo and all these amazing women that became moguls in New York, and I was like, I want to do that. 
So it, very, very naive of me to think no, doing no, no, my own brand. But, but no, I, no, I just, not. I've always wanted to. I remember walking into IMG in New York and having these designs of swimsuits and being like, I want to start my own swimsuit brand. And then I'd be like, you know, I'd hang out with my friend. And I'm like, we should start our own skincare brand. And like, do you know what I mean? I had always wanted to just start my own business. That was always something that I wanted to do because I love being creative. I love design. I just, I, I, I don't know, that feeling of being able to have control over something I really like. And, and the, what about the um, whole idea, though, of talking to your friends? Like, why don't we do this so, one? Because, because my experience with entrepreneurs is that's their style. They've always got a new full idea. Full of ideas. Always. Me too. I was like that. Full of ideas all the time. And, and, and why did you land on skincare as, a, as opposed to bikinis or whatever? Hair care, tan products. Because I knew that I wanted to create a brand that was timeless and that I actually didn't have to follow trends. And I think I just felt like because I work with fashion so much, I just wanted to do something in skincare because it felt more true to my story. Tell me about and, and I had, your product. I need to know about your product. What 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 is it? I mean, how did you work out the product? So I mean, are you at the front l- of a product? Literally, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I just started it. I had meetings with people. I just hustled. I I remember I found a cosmetic factory in LA and I just started visiting this woman there and saying, I really wanted to do this and create this and this is how I want it. I always knew that I wanted it to be travel-friendly, fragrance-free, hyaluronic acid base, which is like the best for your skin, for hydration. I wanted it to be very simple. I knew that I wanted black and white packaging. I knew that I wanted it to be for everyone. Price, price point? The price point is quite high at the moment, but our new products that we're getting made in Korea are going to be lowered for next year. But I got everything made in Australia because I had the resources here. So I had met a pharmacist in Sydney, worked with him to do it, and I just did it. I found a designer to do the the branding. I shot the images. I created it from scratch. Okay, so I'll... I, I, Literally I, put my own I, money I, into I, I'm it. I'm going to put you on a okay. pump here, right? So like... Blah, blah, blah. So that's okay. <laughs> so I, I've got, you know, I have a playbook, and I put it as a playbook, and one of my chapters talks about product and pricing. Now, and you obviously got a product and you have to price it, so... Yes. When I talk about product, I talk about making sure your product meets the, 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 the market. And then I talk about research. So you were just being a little modest there talking about, well, I found this pharmacist, blah, blah, blah. So I want to know what was your stepped out plan in terms of working out what your product is. Forget about packaging just for a second and, and distribution, of course, mm-hmm. but what was your product? What did you sit down and say, this is the purpose of my product? Did you say, I want it to be... Friendly, easy to use, easy to recognize, easy to be transported. What? None of those. Yes. No, (laughs) all of those. So I did sit down and say, because I'm actually quite um, fuss-free with my own skincare. Like I don't like to use a lot of products and I don't like perfumes. So I pretty much sat down. You mean perfume products? Perfume products, which is like a lot of products have perfume. Yeah, they stink. Exactly. Sorry. So I was like, I want it. L'Oreal or whoever they are. So I was like, I want it to be fuss-free, minimalist, uh, you know, fragrance-free. Do the um, fucking job there. Like I wanted it to be all about hydration because I- That's the job, had, isn't it? That's the job, hydration. It's about hydration because- Because you can't get rid of my wrinkles by giving me the skincare product, but what you can do is hydrate my skin so my less likely that I'm going to get more wrinkles. Exactly. Is that the deal? Yes. Okay. That's the deal. So it's, it's a pretty simple thing, isn't it? It's, hydration. It's, it's hydration. From the outside. From the outside in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what serums do. And five years ago, not many people knew about what hyaluronic acid was. What is, I don't but know. But I read a book called it? The Beauty Myth. What's and hyaluronic or whatever? I can't even spell it. It is a natural – it's pretty much it's found in, in your body. Um, and apparently Japanese people have the highest percentage of hyaluronic acid in their body because – That would be right. Yes, it's exactly. It's not fair. Yeah. So it's a, na- it's a solution that – pretty much penetrates into the skin, which hydrates your skin. Like right. it is the number one ingredient that hydrates your skin. So I was like, that is what I want my products to be about. I want it to be about hyaluronic acid, that it's hyaluronic acid base, that it hydrates How'd your you skin. How did you find this out? Is it, well, was your experience first of in all, Korea or what I is it? I experienced it in Korea because makeup artists used to literally pour hyaluronic acid on my skin oh, really? before a shoot. And I was like, what is this? And they're like- The Korean one? Korean, Korean yes, makeup artists? Yes, they would literally- put bottles of it and I'd never seen anything like that 
because um, everyone it plump uses your skin up or something. Is it? It does. It really hydrates it, plumps I'm it need up, some it keeps myself. it going. I mean, look, look at my skin. Do you bring any with you? No, but I think that you should. I, th- uh, I, th- I uh, thought uh, my publicist <laughs> sent you some uh, yeah, package. Right. No, but you'll get some. Yeah, like, of totally. course you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and I was like, to be honest with you, I was also like, I need to take this opportunity while I have David Jones as a distributor to start something for my own, really, is why I also felt like it was time to start something because I'd been talking about doing a business for so long that I just felt like... You're talking about leverage here. You're saying, I mean, we, we love David Jones, but you're saying yes, of course. this is like, leveraging your current role at David Jones? Yes, of course. I mean, everyone says, what's next for you, Jess? Yeah. Are you going to do your own business? Are you going to do this? Like, so I felt, yeah. I felt a calling to do it and really pull the trigger on it. So you, you, you. And it's hard work. Well, well, we know that. But, yes. but just back to the product and pricing though. So yes. you you built your product around a, an essential ingredient that an you learned from. Yes. A, a career, your Korean experience. Yes. That these people were just slapping all over your face and yes. you, went, you went and found this in what, LA or Australia. I mean, is it something we have in Australia, this country? Australia, we do. We yeah. have a lot of it. Yeah, right. It's very popular now, hyaluronic acid. It's probably in every skincare brand now. Is that so, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, especially you, over the last three years, it's really come about. Right. And how long has your business been going now? Three years. Three years, okay. So and I launched it three years ago with David Jones. Oh, you launched it at, at But it took David me two Jones. years to build from start to finish and to launch. So so you've been at it for five years sort of thing. Five years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the so, last five and, to and, six years. And, and, what, and the, the branding. Equal beauty. Yeah. Now tell me about that. Like what's that mean? Yes. Tell me the story that sits behind the word equal. We know what beauty means, but. Yeah. So I really wanted to create a brand that was for everyone and I really wanted it to be inclusive and diverse and really tell my own personal story of, you know, really accepting yourself for who you are and embracing your own beauty. Yeah, I wanted it, yeah, I wanted that's it right, to be. Yeah, you look at you, you're beautiful. But I wanted it water. to be for everyone, like for all races. I wanted it to be all about equality is what it's about. And But I didn't know that my brand was going to be called this because I didn't name my brand until about probably a year and a half in of developing it. But it just came to me because I was thinking about all these other names, like maybe I should call it like you know, I don't know, JG or I don't know. I, I just didn't know what I was going to call it. And then I saw on social media, a woman had posted a photo of me backstage at David Jones and said, Jessica is the new girl next door of Australia. You know, she's not the sort of a quintessential blonde Aussie girl. She's half Chinese, half Portuguese. Um, and you're you not know. exotic anymore because uh, not. I'm sorry, you are. But I mean, but what I mean is in uh, the it, industry, it's changed. It's, but like, it, it, there's a lot of people in Australia like that now. Yes, there's of course. Lo- there's exactly. a lot of mixed Asians. But, but and in whatever. my industry back in the day, I couldn't work in Australia because there was just no work yeah, for yeah, yeah. girls that looked like me. So, and then she wrote, "Embrace all beauty." Hashtag equal beauty. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's the name of my brand." And then I looked it up. No one had taken it. Equalbeauty.com was available. I trademarked it, everything. And I was like, yes, this is the name. So it's important that you've got to keep telling a story about equal beauty. Yes. I mean, because that is sort of your story. Yes. And I guess you want to be careful. You don't make it look like you had a chip on your shoulder when you were 12 or 15 or 18 or whatever it is. Um, It it really is about equality. What you're saying is your product address, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying your product, product pricing, the whole thing, all the ingredients addresses that issue that some people feel as though, some people feel as though they're not as good as others by by virtue of their um, you know their culture or where they grew up etc yeah. and you're trying to say no here's a product that um everybody can use exactly everybody can hopefully everybody can afford it can they all afford it yeah they can they can afford it now you had a, there was a little movement cleansing in your eyes for, just then. The cleansing cloths are forty nine ninety five, and the serum your is nine. It's all a under hundred dollars. Okay, come tell me about the but pricing. But it's a luxury hey, brand. But tell me about the pricing. It's it okay. Sits, it's okay if it's luxury. Tell me about it your sits pricing. In David Jones. Yeah, no. Tell me about it then. So, don't, don't okay. f- no, you felt bad about that for a I second. I did because I do want it to be affordable for everyone too, and I understand that beauty can but it be expensive, have to be 10 bucks. but it is a good product. Women will spend. Yeah, they will. You know, not not everybody can afford it, perhaps, but. You'd be surprised what women spend. You know that better than anybody, but yes, forty nine bucks is for what? The cleansing cloth. Okay, what's that? So they're um, cleansing pads which you wipe your makeup off with. And how many do you get? 
30. 30, though. So yes. they're about a, a dollar ten each or something. Yeah. So uh, And it costs you. Listen, I got it all made in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So we that's had good. to look at costs. My packaging was very expensive. Because I want to come to the pricing. We talk about prime pricing. So, yeah. you know, um, you're getting it made here in Australia. I mean, the packaging pretty much like made me broke. Yeah. But, like, yeah well, how, where'd you get the money from to invest in all this stuff? My own money. Your own dough. Okay. I decided that I'm going to start my business instead of buying a house. Okay, cool. And then, and then what? Pretty you, much. And you thought to yourself, okay, I'd like to get it made in Australia. Is that because you want to make sure that you understand the uh, the providence of the product? In other words, you can say to people who buy stuff, look, I know where this was made. It was made in Brisbane yes. or wherever it was made. Or are you saying until you get to a certain level of turnover, you can't really yes. – no one overseas wants to actually make it for you. Would you be able to make it in Korea? We are. Our new, the new line is going to be made, well, has been made in Korea, which we're launching next year because Korea also has the best ingredients. So we've made all of our products out of Jeju Island, which has like the most clean bamboo extract. Um, But Bamboo extract, what's that? It's uh, it's like a, a serum, a gel that's super hydrating for your skin. Right. So the reason why I got it made in Australia is because A, Australia has the best ingredients and B, I had the resources here. People knew me. I had the contacts here. I didn't have those contacts in America. It was too big of a landscape for me to tackle. I just felt like I I felt more connected in Australia. And at what point That's will why. you take your product? Sorry, what point will you start to manufacture your product in a place where you can actually get get it for a bit cheaper, maybe, which means you can sell it cheaper or you can actually get a bigger margin, whichever yes. one you choose or a bit of both. At what point do you think you'll have to do that or be able to we, do that? I'm doing it now. Right. With my investors out of Singapore. So you've got some investors I now? Do. So you've been for a round of investors? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. So... This is, a, this is all about funding. I mean, funding is yeah, about... Yeah, totally. Expansion I was very lucky. Funding. So when I launched Equal Beauty, I had met some investors from Singapore. What does that mean? I mean, how do you meet investors from Singapore? So I actually did a photo shoot in LA with a brand in whom um, was friends with a family friend of mine. He works out of Hong Kong. He's a, you know, investment banker and all of that. And he invested in this brand in LA. And I told him that I was doing skincare and he was like, well, make sure that you tell me about it because I think I can connect you with some great people. Okay, so because everyone... And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I was scared of investors. I was like, I'm doing this on my own. I don't want anyone to come in and, like, take it away from me. And, you know, I didn't want to give my control away. Like, I was scared of investors. Did you? Yes, because I felt that I needed to do that at that time. So you gave... How do you mean... Well, what do you mean you gave control So I pretty much ran out of money and Mm -hmm. was like, I can't put any more money into this business and we're about to launch. I need investors to come in now and help me. Right. To drive this to the next level. So and you rang so, up your dude. So I rang up, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yep, literally I rang up my dude and I was like, I'm ready. I was like, I, I need your help. And how much have you weigh? Percentage-wise? Um, Can you tell me? Yeah, f- like 50%. Okay. Do so they I, buy veto rights? Do they buy the right? I own 49% Okay, of they're my 51. Company. Okay. They're, yeah, they're see, 51. Uh, they're 51. Okay. So anybody is just let's get this clear, right? So this happens all the time. Um, when you start up a business, you need to expand your business, mm-hmm. you've invested your hard-earned, investors will come along and generally speaking, they'll try to put you 51, 49. But, and people get a bit nervous about that. But I will say to you, I'll say to anyone listening, I'll say to Jessica as well, it doesn't matter, they can have 99%. No, totally. You're Jessica, it's your product. Exactly. And without you... They've got they've, nothing. They've got nothing, exactly. So and you I still knew control that already. it through the brand? Yes, of course. Okay, because that's the most important thing. You've got to control the branding I'm, if you're going to bring investors in. Exactly. And do they buy? I'm still CEO. Like I'm yeah, still, yeah, yeah, I yeah. still call the shots. I cover everything, you know. But this is an important point because people go, oh, yeah. I fucked that. I'm not going to give away. I've built this business. No, I'm not going to give it's away. it's the best thing that I ever did. 100%. Do they have to keep investing? If you need more, let's say you want to expand to America and blah, 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 and you need another yeah. half, half a million dollars or something, will they st- continue? They are, are they a permanent investor or do you need to go to another round of investors? They're a, they're a permanent investor. Yeah, so they're like a patient capital? Yes, um, they're very patient. Where we've been working, I've been working with them now for, you know, since I launched and now we're just starting to do the new product. So it's, you know, we've we've developed and it's taken time and things do take time. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. No, 100%. So equal beauty, 
is now building out a new range of products and about to launch them already has. Yes, it's the same aesthetic, same everything. It's just we have a different ingredient in there, which is bamboo extract, and it's all being made in Korea. And we have a sunscreen now, an overnight mask, and a cleansing foam. Okay, how do you tell the story about the new ingredients, like the bamboo extract, whatever it is? Well, again, it's all about hydration. No, but how are you telling the story? I mean, what are you using as platforms? Um, Instagram, Facebook, what are you doing? Instagram is a huge one. Um, And also just getting it out there, like you know, doing events, um, meeting customers, doing in-store appearances, hustling. hustling it. And that's what I've been doing these last sort of couple of months in WA. I found a WA distributor and so we've been knocking on doors in Perth and I've been doing a lot of in-store appearances. And, and using influencers? Yes, using influencers. You're using influencers? Yes, I am. Like, like mates or people yeah, you friends. actually... Yeah, friends. I mean, I've, you know, I've got obviously a lot of contacts and friends in the industry so I've been able to get it to some really awesome people and that's been really fun to sort of see that sort of flow out and we actually just shot our first um, male campaign in Perth which is men's campaign men's campaign yeah yeah which was really fun because I had only sort of done I'm the face of the brand and I'd only really pushed it for women but it is for both men and women so we did our first like unisex campaign in Perth which was great and What's been wonderful is like everything's super supportive and I've got a lot of friends creatively in the industry so they're all just there doing it for me and we're all doing it together. Yeah, but what's the hardest part? The hardest part is just to keep it going, I think. You mean keep your energy up? Yes, and just it's every day it's a hustle. Like there's no – it never stops. No, no. It never stops. It's relentless. It was a bit like that horse won the Melbourne Cup the other day. It's called Vow and something Vow and something other. And the bloke, said, the, the jockey said yesterday, he said that uh, this horse just doesn't stop and uh, he never gave up. But that's yeah. what you've got to do in business. You, yeah, you just got to never Ten give up. Ten years from now, you'll look mm. back and you say, fuck, how do I ever do that? Mm, I know, I will, it, and I'm still doing valuable. that now. I'm like, you're I young enough, it's easy. Whew. No, but man, like you've got plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look back now what you've done. There's nothing compared to what you're going to look back in five, another five really? years' time. Okay, well, that's good advice. I that, feel that's like... what you've got to do. Yes. Because this is a game, okay? It is a game. A- and each day is a new day. I find it fun. That's the day. I that's... find it exhilarating. I find it, it's like a game of chess. It I, can't I break like... you down. No. Just like when you got rejected when you, did, when you were knocking on doors with your portfolio, you've got to have the same mentality for business. You do. It's like being an athlete. Yeah, you've got to keep getting up and keep training and keep, keep doing, doing it, keep doing practicing, it, keep practicing. hustling, keep going, keep pushing through. But at the end of the day, I think that it makes you grow as a human being. And spiritually, this has been one of the best things that I've ever experienced. What have you learned? I've just learned that you can really create something from nothing. And I've just learned that you can really do anything you put your mind to. And if just, you want to put in. If you want to put in and just do it. And you, I've surprised myself. Can I ask you that you didn't overthink it? Did you overthink it? Because you just I said something really I was really so important. naive when I first started it. What do you mean? Like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do a brand and it's this and it's so exciting and I mean these people and this is great and I'm going to put my own money into it and yeah, like that. But it, it's been really, there's been times where I felt like I've lost everything. Yeah, yeah, right? I know what that's like. like. I, I feel like I felt like I really have gotten myself into a bit of a hole here. You know, it was there was moments where, you know, I I did think I was going to break, but then I just handled it and surprised myself again, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And also, what's really, what I've learned is too is that materialistic things don't define me. Yeah. Because, you know, I've sacrificed a lot of what my old life used to be to start this business. But it's really helped me to pull everything back and go, what is really important to me? It's really put things into perspective for me. So would you say what's really important to you is success or making this work? No. What's really important to me is telling stories and really creating something that means something and that can help people. And that's what I love. I love making people feel good. You know, I love to... um, tell stories and my my beauty brand does tell stories as well. And is, I don't is, know, I just feel like being creative is like the best feeling ever. 100%. So can I ask you, where, where do people find the product? In other words, apart from following Jessica Gomes on um, Instagram, 
is there a separate um, platform that you put your product out on? Or that's equalbeauty.com and it's equalbeauty.com. Equalbeauty.com. Get on it. Go to the order. website. Yes, go to the website. You can order on the website and you can go to my social media page. Yep. I am Jessica Gomes and Equal Beauty. Y- equal your, your, underscore beauty. So your social media, your Instagram or your Facebook is I am Jessica Gomes or, yes. or Jessica Gomes? It's I am Jessica I am Gomes Jessica. because somebody took Jessica Gomes and I can't get Serious? it. Serious? So I had to do I am Jessica Gomes. Right. Well, you are. So uh, <laughs> that's fair enough. And I always give everybody, I'm getting wound up here by our producer. So- um, what's the one question you'd like to ask me? Because I've been doing ask all the question asking yes. here at the moment. What do you want to ask me? I would love to ask you, what is your advice for a young person that wants to start their business now in this market, 2020? A lot of things have changed in mm. even just the last two years with, you know, the climate that we're in right now. What is your advice? Would you say hold on to your money and don't do it? Or <laughs> no, 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 I never say that. No, but like what would you say? What, what's your bit of advice to anyone that wants to start their business um, now? Right, okay. I, today. In the day that we live in now with social media and there's a lot of product out there, there's a lot of messaging. Very competitive. I, and, and I think it's pretty much every product is, is available today too. So – I would say today that relative to what it was like five years ago, 10 years or whatever, prior to this, um, you could actually um, go out there and build a product just like you did and just say, I'm going to have a crack at this and do it. Mm. I think today, I'm not saying sit down and overthink it because I, 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 don't, I hate that. I, I say, have a go, do it, but make sure you set up a structure around what you do. So, and I, you know, this, uh, this is not some sort of a naked opportunity for me to plug my uh, playbook, so-called playbook. But I went about building this playbook up for the very reason you just said. I think there are, there are 10 really important things that you have to make sure you get 100% right before you can run your business. It doesn't mean you don't have a go, and, but you just need to know what those 10 things are. You just talked about your story. That's what I talk about, knowing what your business purpose is. You talked about funding, you know, because every big business ultimately was a small business, but they became big business usually because they, they, they got investors. Funding is really important. So you need to have a clear path in, your, in front of you, even if you just have it written out and you have it there to read down the track. You need to know the 10 things you need to know to apply to your business once the business is up and running. So funding is a critical one. Pricing and product is a critical one. The stories really very important because you, if you, you know, you're right. You have all these platforms today, but unless you know how to tell the stories on the platforms, you're mm-hmm. never going to you're never going to yeah. use the platforms properly. Yes. You know, you've exactly. got to have the ability to tell your story. Because I said to you earlier, you know, what's different about your product? Well, it's about the story. Mm. It, it's not about. It is about it is. the ingredient, yes. But what do you t- I want to know about the Jessica Gomes story, which yeah. is why we spent the first half of this podcast talking to you about your it's story. True. It's true. Tell your story. I actually don't think you tell your story enough on on your um, Instagram. Yes, which was, is what I'm working on. I, I would yes. like to see more about not David Jones and stuff like that, which you've got to do because got, that's your job, mm-hmm. but I like to see more about your story. I like to yes. know that this is your hu- side hustle and there's something mm-hmm. you really believe in passionately as well as your day-to-day job. Yes. Because everybody just looks at you and says, oh, look at her, she's beautiful, she's got the David Jones gig, she's been blah, 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 all around the world doing all sort of stuff, she knows all these famous people. But that doesn't help you sell your product. No, it doesn't. So uh, what sell, where, where are you uh, making yourself equal to me mm. or anyone in this room at the moment? You know, because that's what you're trying to sell. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, you're trying to tell everyone, I'm the same as you guys. I grew up in Perth and I was a different everybody else. I looked a bit different. Mm-hmm. I want to bring that to you. That's the story I love to see you be telling. Mm-hmm. And people who start a business today have got to realise, and everyone's got a story, they've got to realise they've got to find the story prosecute the story. I like mm. the way you go about things. You prosecute, you prosecute, you prosecute. In fact, you're way over the top. But that's great. That works. It does work. If you're going to yeah. sit back and be some sort of shrinking violet, it won't fucking work, okay? No. You've got to be full on. Well, because you've got to get everybody else on board and passionate about it as well. Even if you drive a mad, all right? Yeah. And keep doing that. Yes. you got to keep doing that, okay? It works. It is a punish for some. Some go, oh, fuck. But they'll remember you. <laughs> Okay, that's but because there's no point being nothing. You know what I mean? Oh, you've got to be remembered for something. Listen, you may as well go all out. 100%. It's my, my motto. I think 
Look at Gary V. He is a fucking Love punish. him. But he's a punish. He's on, Love he's on, him. he's on. But every no one knows who he is. He's a huge mentor of mine. I watch totally. all of his videos. Watch I, what I he love says. Him. He's on, he's on, he's on, he's on, he's on. It's all the time. You I cannot hesitate. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, he's just going to go straight past you. Exactly. So and I would I, say that to anyone starting a business day. Get up. Make sure you've got the energy. Energy is really important. I talk about it in my playbook. Energy is a critical thing to a business because we all run out of energy. We get a boom. Oh, fuck. Totally. I was just getting beaten up by the Reserve Bank in my one of my businesses. My God, like just get back up on the horse, Mark, and go for it hard. Exactly. Otherwise, you might and, just and die. And let me tell you, like even with my modelling career, it didn't happen overnight. I had to grind and keep at it. And know, hustle. And hustle. And so, and that's the exact same formula in my business too. So I already had that. I already knew how to do that. So you just told everybody the very the answer to the question you just asked me. You got to... Got to keep grinding, keep, keep hustling, grind, keep putting keep energy going. in. All the stuff you said, you've answered the question you've asked me. Yes. Prosecute, prosecute, prosecute. You didn't answer that, but people can hear it in your voice. Yes. You got to keep pushing the stuff. You got to keep prosecuting your own story. You've got to push yourself that where no one else will push you because it's about you. Well, no one else if will. If you don't... Exactly. But if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Totally. That's just bottom line. Belief. So belief is a huge thing. And you can have a choice. You've got a choice. And I'm you've got to be real and you've got to be authentic too. I think something that's really yeah, worked yeah. for me as well and why I've had longevity in my career is because I've always been professional and also I've kept it real, I think. I think I've always been quite authentic and, you know, and people really hear that. Consumers really understand that now. I think that's a new, that's a very important point. I'm going to have to finish off here, Jessica, but that's a really important point you make. Branding today, by the way, is about authenticity. It is. The most important, apart from relevance, but the most important ingredient in good branding is authenticity because exactly. if you're not authentic, you won't get away with it. No, exactly. Markets don't allow you to get away with it. Jessica Gomes, mm-hmm. good luck thank with you. Equal Beauty thanks and so all your product lines and thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher. Because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.